for episode eight of the Nom Nom Paleo podcast, we're going to shake things up a little bit. Instead of the usual format, which involves sitting around our dining room table and marching through different segments, we thought we'd drag you through a typical day in our lives, from the time we get up in the morning to when we collapse in bed at night. When Johnny opens his eyes and we saw Mango, yes. started, we all started chanting, like mango. the whole class mango. started mango. chanting Mango. It's not that we think we're super interesting people. In fact, the opposite is probably true. But when we asked you, our listeners, about what you'd like for us to cover on this podcast, one idea that kept coming up over and over again was for us to go through a day in the life. And we thought, sure, why not? For our cookbook, Henry drew me a comic about a day in the life of a zombie drug dealer. In other words, me, or at least me a year ago. That's because at that time, I was working as a full-time night shift hospital pharmacist. In other words, I was a professional drug dealer. You know, working night shifts as a pharmacist explains the drug dealer angle, but I'm still not sure why we called you a zombie. I mean, if you're up in the middle of the night, we should have just called you a vampire, right? Yeah, but by the time you brought that up to me, it was too late. I'd already coined the phrase. And I'm sorry, but I guess I'm just not as up to speed on Twilight as you are. You mean The Walking Dead. Whatever, nerd. Same difference. (laughs) You have no idea what you're talking about if you think The Walking Dead is the same as Twilight. Regardless, I was kind of zonked out all the time like a zombie in The Living Dead. A couple of years ago, I was interviewed for a Psychology Today article about night shift workers. And what's odd is that at the time, I had a really upbeat and positive view of working nights. I think it was kind of the Stockholm Syndrome. In fact, when the photographer who was assigned by the magazine to come take photos of me told me to stop smiling so much, I really had a hard time with it. He kept on telling me to be really solemn and look downcast. But I think in the end, they still had to pick a picture where I was smirking because I, I was pretty upbeat. But no matter how positive the spin I put on shift work, the reality is that you can't really overcome your circadian rhythms. And I even told the writer of the article that I had to triple check my work at the pharmacy because being chronically sleep deprived made me think that I was more competent than I actually was. Anyway, I'm not a zombie drug dealer anymore. I left my hospital job almost a year ago. I'm no longer switching from nocturnal to diurnal every other week, and my circadian rhythms are back on track. I feel much better now that I don't work at night. I'm nicer, well-rested, and my memory has improved. And what you do every day now is totally different, too. Yep. First of all, I don't wear hospital scrubs 24-7 anymore. You actually have a wardrobe. Well, barely, but it's no longer scrubs, which kind of makes me sad. I I liked wearing scrubs all the time. Not having to think about what you had to put on in the morning. And it's super comfy. It's comfier than yoga pants. It's like wearing pajamas all day. Yep. So anyway, with all these changes, it's probably a good time for us to pull back the curtains once again and do a little update about what a typical day in our family looks like now that you're a full-time mom, cookbook author, blogger, home cook, app creator, podcaster, and whatever else it is you do. Yes, but I think we'll end up revealing that we're not that different from most families. Yeah, as much as all of us like to think we're all special snowflakes, in the end, we're just another pair of busy working parents. So are you holding on to your seats, people? Because we're about to astound you with how ordinary we are. Welcome to our program. This is the Nom Nom Paleo Show with Michelle Tam and Henry Fong and the Double O's. Join us as we go behind the scenes and reveal how we make a real food lifestyle fun, sustainable, and nomtastic. 
We're the food nerds behind Nom Nom Paleo, the award-winning food blog, app, and cookbook. And we're also the parents of two growing boys, Big O. Hello. And Lil Lo. Oh, hi. Hi, whatever. And they're the reason we do what we do. Ugh, that's the sound of the alarm on Henry's nightstand going off at 4.20 in the morning, which wakes me up too, even though I have no desire to get up that early. You know, I do try to set the volume as low as possible, and you do go back to sleep. How can I not? It's the middle of the night. Well, the reason I get up before the crack of dawn, and let's be clear, I only do this three days a week. I do it on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, is so I can get ready to get to the 5 a.m. class at CrossFit Palo Alto. Good for you. Three days a week, I blindly creep out of bed as quietly as I can, make my way into the kitchen, and brew myself a cup of coffee to start the day. I'll grind my coffee the night before, and that way, if I use a super quiet AeroPress coffee maker, I don't wake everyone else up with my coffee ritual. I often get asked by readers if coffee is okay if you're eating paleo. And the answer is, it depends. I'm sure a lot of listeners really hate that answer. People want a simple answer, Michelle. Is it yes or is it no? In that case, I say yes, but with some important exceptions. If you're eating paleo because you want to optimize your wellness and you're in good health, then black coffee is fine. You can have it with some coconut milk or almond milk too, though I actually drink coffee with a bit of heavy cream because I'm fine with a little full-fat dairy. Research indicates that in moderation, coffee even offers some health benefits like preventing stroke, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, even cancer. Uh Uh-oh, I feel a butt coming on. And there it is, but (laughs) if you're in poor health or your sleep habits are terrible or you're overworked and overstressed, coffee is not a good idea. Repeat. Lay off the coffee if you're using it as a crutch. Be smart and don't guzzle the stuff. If you're drinking more than two cups a day, and I mean like eight ounce cups, it's probably too much. And try to institute a coffee curfew. No more coffee after 12 noon. I used to violate the curfew all the time. I would go to work, I'd get a coffee at, you know, 11.58 a.m. And then I'd nurse it for the next couple of hours just to get around the coffee curfew. That is totally cheating. I know. And you're only cheating yourself because you will still have the caffeine in your bloodstream and then you'll have poor sleep. And then when you wake up in the morning, you'll be groggy and then you'll need more coffee. So it's this vicious cycle. I know. And it also goes without saying that if you're trying to stay on the absolute paleo straight and narrow, something like a venti mocha frappuccino light with extra whipped cream is probably not the best option for you. Yeah. Even if you order it with 10 packs of Splenda instead of sugar. Totally. That's why I stick to straight up black coffee in the morning. In the morning, I'll drink it while I quickly rifle through my email inbox to see if I need to respond to anything that came through overnight from my company's international offices. And then I pull on my socks and shoes and I get in the car and drive to the gym. For the record, I think it's crazy that you go to the 5 a.m. class. I tell you all the time that you don't get enough sleep when you get up to work out that early in the morning. I mean, it's so early, it's still nighttime. 
it would be so much healthier if you got more sleep and found another time to exercise. I know, I know. And you're right. For a while, the cops actually came down to the 5 a.m. class at CrossFit Palo Alto and shut us down because we were waking up the neighborhood. And at that point, I switched to the 6 a.m. class. But now that the gym has moved to a less residential part of town and there's a 5 a.m. class again, I kind of felt compelled to go back to that class because, you know, in the end, I think I just felt better when I could finish a good, challenging workout first thing in the morning and still have time to get home and catch my breath a little bit before the kids got up and the day really started to get going. Good morning, sir. Good morning. What kind of day is it going to be? 50 years So my solution these days is to try to get to bed a little earlier the night before I go to CrossFit. Which doesn't always happen. Yeah, I know. It actually rarely happens. But I'm trying. Anyway, I spend an hour at CrossFit Palo Alto, and by the time I get home all sweaty and gross to shower and get ready for work, you're usually already up. I try to get up a little after 6 in the morning, which gives me about an hour to get through my morning routine. And this is a routine I started a few months ago, and it's based loosely on Hal Elrod's concept of the Miracle Morning, which is a best-selling book that explains how an early morning routine is really important to start your day, and it incorporates meditation, reflection, journaling, and some exercise. I didn't even know you read. I I (laughs) don't. In fact, I don't have this book, but now that I'm mentioning on the podcast, I feel compelled to buy it. Um, I've actually heard Hal on a bunch of podcasts, and he talks about how amazing this Miracle Morning is, and all of the podcast interviewers also have adopted it and have said how it's changed their lives. So I was like, oh, you know, I should try it myself. But recently, to be honest, I stopped doing the affirmations and journaling a little while ago, so I can't really call it a Miracle Morning TM. But I still start the morning with a big glass of water. What's the deal with the big glass of water? Mm, Nothing really. I think it just makes it so that I drink a big glass of water when I wake up in the morning, which I think is really important because a lot of times I forget to hydrate myself throughout the day. And if I drink a big glass of water as soon as I get up, I have a head start on it. It's time to drink my water in the morning. So I have some cold boiled water from the day before. I just pour a giant glass of it. And hopefully this froggy voice will go away. Also, after hours and hours of sleep, we're all mildly dehydrated. And dehydration causes fatigue. You don't want to start off the day with fatigue. Yeah, for sure. And I know that before I go to bed, I purposely don't drink as much liquid because I don't want to go to the bathroom all night. Hydration is actually the key to a lot of things. If you're feeling tired, drink some water and you'll probably perk up. Yeah, and a lot of times when you think you're hungry, you might just be thirsty. So drink some water and you might not feel those hunger pangs. Yeah, and that's why I also make sure the kids drink a big glass of water first thing in the morning too. After I down my glass of water, I sit down and meditate. It helps clear my head. And like every good techie here in the Silicon Valley, you actually meditate with the help of your iPhone and an app and your earbuds. Yeah, I know it's a little bit contradictory to use technology to relax. But while I meditate in my living room, I use an app on my iPhone called Brainwave. 
It produces binaural beats that purportedly produce certain effects in your brain, like alertness, concentration, relaxation, etc. But really, I think it just allows me to zone out and relax and focus on my breathing. You're going to need to be wearing headphones or earbuds to hear this, but here's an example of a binaural sound file. A binaural beat isn't actually a beat at all. It's created by playing a different tone in each ear at a slightly different frequency, which creates an acoustic illusion of a beat. I think the theory is that these sounds produce a physiological effect and can help you with mood, memory, balance, and calm. Do you believe that it works? I don't know. I think maybe it has a placebo effect. Because as you know, I'm a natural skeptic when it comes to this woo-woo stuff. I've read that there's no scientifically proven effect that's produced by binaural beats, but my experience has been that it's similar to white noise, and it helps me zone out when I'm meditating. It's like listening to music that doesn't have distracting lyrics or abrupt changes to pitch or volume. Yeah, I found it to be strangely relaxing to listen to these sounds. It's like listening to crashing waves at the beach or a hard rain on the roof. The problem, though, is that as soon as I put the earbuds in and I turn on the Brainwave app, puts me right to sleep. I just conk out every time. That's because you're completely exhausted. (laughs) And I conk out no matter what. Yes. So maybe you need to get more sleep before you go to CrossFit. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, when I'm done meditating, and if I have some time before the kids wake up, I go into our garage where we've set up a home gym and do some exercise. Over the years, we've built up a pretty decent little collection of CrossFit equipment, thanks to you. Yeah, we actually have collected a set of Olympic weights, we have gymnastic rings, a rower, we have a pull-up bar, jump ropes, kettlebells. And a climbing rope that's attached to the rafters, which is kind of silly because I think the roof in our garage is maybe nine feet tall. No, it's more like 12 feet tall. Sure, okay. (laughs) Besides, if you start climbing with your butt on the floor, the climbing distance is just about the same. Okay, good thing the kids like to swing on it like Tarzan. Which is why I also have tons of padded gym mats everywhere in the garage, just in case the kids take a tumble. It's not a complete waste. Anyway, I used to work out in the garage every day, but these days, I actually think you use it more than I do. That's because I'm actually home, and when I'm home, I'm not asleep. In the morning, depending on how much time I have, I'll hop on the rowing machine for a few minutes or jump rope, and then I'll put on some bumper plates on the barbell and practice some Olympic lifts or do some squats. But the one thing I am obsessively working on right now is getting a strict dead hang pull-up. That's the one thing you've been obsessively working on for years. Yeah, it has been, and I haven't gotten it yet. (laughs) But this time, I am dead serious about it. Sure. I am. I really want to pull up by the time I'm 41, and I'm putting this out into the universe. That's just a few months away. I know. So every Wednesday, I go and work out with my personal trainer, And I've told him that I'm 40, I don't want to do any crazy wads, and I don't want to get injured. But all I want is to get stronger and to get a dead hang pull-up. And so that's one of the things I always try to do when I go into the garage, is to practice my pull-ups. Because that's where our pull-up bar is located. Right by our washer-dryer. So does that mean you're incentivized to go to the garage more often now or less often? Well, I'm never happy about going to the garage because it usually means having to do another load of laundry. 
Well, maybe we should just stop doing laundry altogether. We can just start being filthy. Or maybe you could help me with the laundry, and I could just practice my (laughs) pull-ups. All right, let's get back to talking about your morning routine. All right, but this conversation about laundry is not over. Exercise. We were talking about exercise. Okay, so I normally stop exercising at 7 a.m., and the kids wake up. Big O has a crazy accurate internal clock, and he pretty much always gets up at 7 o'clock on the dot. You can set your watch by it. He doesn't have an alarm clock in his room because he himself is a walking, talking human alarm clock. Every day on the dot at 7 a.m., he walks out of his room that he shares with Lilo, and he plops down on the banquette in our family room with a book. What are you reading? Yeah, I don't know how he does it because we're super quiet and they have blackout shades and they don't have any electronics in there. He just knows. And I've asked him, I was like, how do you know it's seven o'clock? He's like, I can tell by the light coming in under our doorway that it's seven. I guess that's how cavemen told time. Maybe. I don't know. That is his stupid human trick. (laughs) Lilo, on the other hand, is just like you. He won't get up unless prodded, and even then, he takes forever to get out of bed. It usually takes one or both of us to get him out of his bunk bed and down the hall and into the kitchen. And there is incessant complaining. He never wakes up by himself. We always have to go get him. Hey, mister. Rise and shower. I'm going to his bed. But Ollie won't even open his eyes. He's pretending we're not even here. And I'm going to come and... Who needs Caddy? Who needs Caddy? Right there. Oh, my gosh. Stop pretending to go back to sleep. Stop kicking me. But once everyone in the house is awake, it's time to make breakfast and pack school lunches. Well, first I make each of the kids drink a glass of water, remember? Little boys get dehydrated, too. Earth. No way. Dude. Hey, hey, time to get up. Next, Henry makes eggs for the kids. We eat a lot of eggs in our house. In fact, together, the four of us probably go through close to a dozen eggs each day. The boys will split three eggs for breakfast. You and I will have two eggs each. And Ollie packs two eggs for his lunch at school. So by noon, we've already consumed about seven eggs. And that doesn't take into account the eggs I use in my recipes for dinner or any lazy devils that I might be making for lunch or snack. For breakfast, the boys are actually very particular about how they want their eggs prepared. We've told people that we make scrambled eggs for them in the morning, but to be precise, the eggs I make in the morning should really be described as Thai-style omelets. Thai omelets are also known as kai jiao, and we have a recipe for it in our cookbook, but it's really simple to make. You essentially whisk together some eggs with a splash of fish sauce, squeeze in some lime juice, and also whisk in some tapioca starch. And you cook it all in a super hot cast iron skillet that's greased with some ghee. But for our kids, they really just like the eggs with some fish sauce. Which is nice because we don't have to break out specialty ingredients or go squeeze a lime. And the end result looks like a flat, round layer of egg with puffy edges. 
Plus, it's incredibly flavorful. The tiny bit of fish sauce gives the eggs an added flavor dimension and boosts umami without making the eggs fishy at all. Really, you should not be afraid of fish sauce. And kaijiao is delicious. This is something that you and I routinely eat with some sriracha on top as well. Besides crispy eggs, that's my favorite egg dish. But for the kids, I'll cut the egg up into slices like a mini pizza and put it on a plate. The kids can usually eat it up in just a few bites. There have been times when we'd make maple sausage patties from our cookbook for breakfast, or Owen will often ask for a mushroom omelet. On weekends, we'll fry up some bacon, but usually the kids are perfectly happy with kaijiao in the morning, along with some fresh fruit. They call it scrambled eggs, which is probably confusing to them when we order scrambled eggs in restaurants, because those scrambled eggs don't look anything like the little wedges of Thai omelet that we make at home. And believe me, I've tried making regular scrambled eggs for them. I happen to love Gordon Ramsay's method of making super creamy scrambled eggs by constantly stirring the eggs in a pan over low heat for a long period of time. But the boys prefer the way we make them at home. Yeah, me too. It's super fast and you don't have to babysit your eggs over a hot stove. And the kids haven't gotten sick of kaijiao yet. I still pack it for Ollie's lunch every day. And I think he sometimes just picks it out of his thermal container with his fingers and munches on it at lunchtime. He insists I pack him a fork every day, but whenever he brings it home, it's super clean. Mysterious. Yeah, where he has like powerful saliva. (laughs) He's like a cat. Yes. Speaking of lunch, Michelle's the one who packs the kids' lunchboxes. And despite what some of my blog readers think, I don't go to the trouble of making super beautiful packed lunches, like the ones I make for my annual series of posts on paleo-packed lunches. Shocking. I know, but who has time for that? For those of you who don't know, every year I do a week-long back-to-school feature on nomnompaleo.com filled with inspirational ideas and recipes for dishes that can be packed for school or work lunches. We partner with our friends Jackie and Ben at Lunchbots, the really awesome stainless steel lunch containers that we use and love. But these lunches are for inspiration. They're beautiful. They should inspire you to cook your own lunches and pack your own lunches, but they don't have to look perfect. Even though we do spend a lot of time in this photo shoot to make sure that they do look perfect, I love how Ben goes around with a little soft cloth and rubs off any fingerprints on the lunch bots as we try to plate up all the food. Yeah, we actually use tweezers. When we do the shoot. We usually shoot the lunch series over at Jackie and Ben's house across town. And it's pretty much the one time of the year we ever take a full day to make sure that our food is styled properly to make sure it looks as good as we can make it. We should go into this on another episode of the podcast sometime. But when we take pictures of food for our blog, our app, our cookbook, or Instagram, we don't use props, we don't do food styling, and we don't carefully compose our shots. Whenever you see food photos on a site, it's pretty much just Henry snapping photographs over my shoulder while I'm cooking. And you get pretty annoyed if I get in your way while you're cooking or if I take too long trying to get the right light or the right angle or line up the right shot. Of course. I firmly believe that food is meant to be eaten and it's meant to be eaten hot. Besides, I'm hungry, the kids are hungry, and we just want to eat. Also, I refuse to stock up on kitchen props, which is why we don't have any. I hate clutter. And I especially hate clutter in the kitchen. So I'm always trying to get rid of kitchen stuff and not buy more. I do confess that I am a kitchen appliance hoarder, but you'll see in our food photos that we keep using the same dinnerware and flatware over and over again. We don't have any fancy backdrops or distressed pieces of wood to use as pretend tabletops. 
Anyway, back to packing lunches. The food I make for the kids' lunches is usually pretty simple. Ollie gets eggs because that's what he loves. For Owen, he'll sometimes have leftover chicken or whatever meat we had the night before. Other times, he'll have some deli meats like ham or turkey or roast beef. And we usually choose Applegate Farms brand or we buy it from Bell Campo Meat Company, which is a really great butcher shop in town. Both of these companies have meats that don't have preservatives or other chemical additives. What else do you pack in their lunch boxes? As a salty snack, I normally put Sea Snacks toasted seaweed in their lunches, and both kids get some fruit too. Owen loves watermelon, oranges, cherries, basically any fruit. And Ollie prefers pineapple and banana and strawberries. They do eat some full-fat dairy, so sometimes the kids will get some cheese or kefir. As a treat, Ollie will occasionally get a gluten-free cookie. Gasp! Owen is not a fan of sweets, though, so he'll usually stick to just fruit. I pack a big water bottle for both of them. And recently, Owen's been asking for coconut water in his lunch, so I've been packing that for him, too. And sometimes they get juice as a treat. Double gasp! You know, juice isn't the worst thing in the world, especially when they're only getting six ounces and it's the diluted stuff. All right, fine. After the kids are done with breakfast, it's time for me to head off to the office. And time for me to herd the kids to school. Okay, guys, are you guys ready to get to school? Where's your backpack, dude? I don't need it. What do you mean you don't need your backpack? What do I need it for? For school! So what do I do with it? Oh my gosh. Let's go. We don't have to go far because the local elementary school is within walking distance. So when Henry drives off, goodbye, Henry. Goodbye. I take a stroll with the kids to school. Gives us a chance to catch up. Are you excited for your field trip today? No. Why? Oh, that's boring. I think it's supposed to be fun. But Owen said it's boring. Would you go, Owen? Would I go? Well, the field trip. Okay. I don't have to do any math. Yeah, I would do it because I don't have to do anything else. Yeah, I guess. It takes up the whole day. And once they're deposited at their classroom doors, I can sometimes take the opportunity to get my heart racing by sprinting home. So that's our typical morning. And it's totally jam-packed. All of this happens before 8 a.m. I feel more productive when I can accomplish a ton in the morning, though. Don't you think? Yeah, you can get a lot done when you wake up at 4.20 in the morning. Hmm. So when I come home after dropping off the kids, I make myself breakfast. Breakfast isn't always leftovers, but it's pretty typical for me to heat up stuff from the fridge. Other times I make crispy fried eggs, and I've talked about them a lot in previous podcasts. If you're curious at all about how I like my crispy eggs, go back and listen to episode two. And I also talk about how I like to top my eggs in episode five. Man, you really do talk about crispy eggs all the time. That's because I'm totally obsessed with them. I eat them while I catch up on social media. So what does that mean exactly? What do you do on social media? Lots of things. Well, you know this. We are only two people behind Nom Nom Paleo. So everything that gets posted on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Pinterest or whatever, that's all us. And if anyone writes to us on any of those forums, I have to respond to them. I like that you said us, but you really mean you. I appreciate you giving me credit. And I'm always happy to take credit where none is due. But frankly, I'm at work. And so I'm really not on social media. And I haven't read any of the articles you read and post on Facebook. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
I do spend a good chunk of time catching up on food-related news, and I do a lot of internet research on recipes and ingredients. When I find something I think my readers will enjoy or learn from, I share it on social media. I am curious. When I'm at work and the kids are at school, do you have a set routine for yourself? Because I think I know the answer, but what's the rest of your morning really look like? Well, no two days are exactly the same. It's hard because I'm always trying to juggle housework with work work. There's always laundry to do and dishes to wash. But I always try to pull myself away from household chores long enough to focus on the business of Nom Nom Paleo for at least a few hours. And that can mean researching developing recipes, writing and editing blog posts, writing newsletters, participating in conference calls or meetings with business partners. And I want to stress that it really is just us. And so everything we do from creating action figures and cookbooks and apps to responding to emails and scheduling events and ordering <laughs> office supplies, even mail things at the post office is us. And the podcast that we just added to our plate takes a crazy amount of work. I think it's killing you, Henry. <laughs> yeah. Believe it or not, these podcasts require a ton of thought and planning. We don't just turn on a recorder and wing it as much as we would like to. Um, so we're still taking a wait-and-see approach to the question of whether we can sustain this weekly pace over the long term, or whether we need to space out our episodes a little bit more. Or we could get help. Yeah, maybe. But in the meantime, it's still just us and our little mom-and-pop operation. So if you send me an email or a tweet, that's me who's responding. I read them all, and I try my best to respond to reader emails and questions on social media as much as possible. If you tweet me, the probability of me actually answering quickly is way higher than any other form of communication, mostly because I work best when limited to 140 characters or less. So tweet me if you have a question. And don't get bummed out if it takes a little while for Michelle to respond, because it really is just her. Yeah, I read them all. Do you read the hate mail too? Of course I do. I never ignore the hate mail. I mean, to some degree, it still sucks when someone writes a comment telling me I'm stupid or they hate my blog or whatever. But yeah, I read everything that gets directed at me, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. These days, I'm better about not letting the negative stuff get to me, but it still happens sometimes. I'm human, but I'm not above criticism. Even when someone has something really negative to say, there's usually something I can take away from their feedback and work on it. You know, I'm pretty thick-skinned too, but some of that stuff really is just relentless, like the restaurant critic for that newspaper in the UK who went on Twitter and said that our cookbook had the worst title ever, and then her followers started piling on and saying that you should be shot, and you should be stabbed, and you should be scalped, and you should be buried. Yeah, I didn't even know that was going on until you pointed it out to me. And good thing most of her followers are in the UK. Well, hopefully your day isn't all about waiting through that kind of stuff. No. In fact, most of the emails I get are really nice and super positive and way more mundane than the, the heavy stuff that you just talked about. <laughs> mundane in a good way. breakfast, I try to get out of the house so I can work without distractions and also so I can squeeze some walking into my day. I can also listen to some of my favorite podcasts when I go on a walk. So what are your favorite podcasts? Besides this one? Yes, besides the one that you're on right now. I listen to a bunch of them. I listen to the Tim Ferriss podcast, America's Test Kitchen, Startup, Reply All. 
You know, I try not to listen to This American Life though because Owen gets mad if I listen without him. What I do is I stick in my earbuds and walk about a mile to the gym where there's free Wi-Fi and I do some work in the lounge area or I walk to the coffee shop and do some work or I walk to the public library and do some work. I've even gone to co-working spaces where I can rent a seat at a table for three bucks an hour. The good thing is I can pretty much work wherever there's a Wi-Fi connection and an electrical outlet. Also, once a week, I try to meet up with a group of fellow food writers to trade tips and suggestions, and we share news about what's going on in the food scene. So this is the salon group, right? Yup. It's a really diverse group of food writers, and I'm the only paleo food blogger in the bunch, but I learn a ton from my friends in salon. You guys are like the food writing super friends. The Avengers. We're like the food writing Avengers. Okay. On days when you're not hanging out with your fellow food writing Avengers and you're holed up in a coffee shop tapping away at your laptop, you really are busy producing lots and lots of content. So there's recipes, blog posts, podcast outlines, business proposals, or you're just dealing with shipping out Nom Nom Paleo action figures, getting on calls with people, booking your travel. That really is a ton of stuff, and I'm shocked that you can get all that done. I don't. I I feel like I don't get enough done. So I try to use Trello, which is a productivity app that has a to-do list functionality to help me prioritize and organize all the stuff I got to get done. And so most of the time I set three things that I have to finish before the kids come home from school. But sometimes all I can fit in is a meeting with our app developers. In fact, I took our little recorder to one of my meetings at Y Media Labs, the startup that helped us create our Nom Nom Paleo iPad app. I was meeting with Phil and Ryan, our designers, and Raina, our project manager, and I asked them, what's the worst part about working with us? And did they tell you the truth? Well, because we pay them, they said nice things about us. <laughs> oh, the worst part of working with you two. I think I'm going to let Ryan take this one. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys are great. You're like our favorite client. Like you guys are really Honestly. receptive to our ideas. Because we are totally... We're, we're non-technical founders. No, That's how we are. Yeah. Honestly, I think pro- projects like this, we get to actually do a lot more research and see what's cool, what's trending, and actually do those things, like those search animation and things that kind of really can add a little bit of uh, magic to the app. And I think those little things are really important. Yeah. And just the fact that you guys have such a solid brand already that we can build off of, yeah. it makes our life that much easier. But it, And it still has that personality that we're able to kind of go and venture off and figure out new ways to implement the brand that it maybe hasn't traditionally you know, been implemented before. We're so finally developing a version of our app for the iPhone, by the way, which is why there's been a flurry of behind-the-scenes work on the app lately. Finally. At long last, we will have an iPhone version. No Android yet, though. I know. Sorry. But typically, I only have from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. to get all my work done while the kids are at school. Plus, squeeze in time for grocery shopping. So when do you eat? Probably around 1 o'clock. I'll wander back home and make lunch. What do you typically eat for lunch? Usually it's something quick. If I have leftover meat or chicken, I'll bust it out and add it to a salad. And then top it with any leftover roasted vegetables. Or if I'm feeling fancy, I'll make some carrot ribbons, which really just means I continue peeling my carrot with the vegetable peeler to make these pretty ribbons. And then I whip up a quick vinaigrette or just have it with some avocado and lemon juice. Sometimes I'll make a frittata or a garbage stir fry, which involve jazzing up my leftovers to make something simple and new. I love it when you talk about eating garbage. I know I get so much flack for that name from my readers, but really that's the best way to describe it. 
It's stuff that's in the fridge that would become garbage if I didn't (laughs) eat it. And we actually talk a lot about garbage stir fry and other really quick and easy meals in our episode of this podcast entitled Desperation Dinners. Yep. Episode five of this podcast goes over a lot of different types of quick and easy meals I pull together at lunchtime. Even though it's called Desperation Dinners, you can use it at any time. And if I'm really, really, really lazy, I'll drive over to your office and have lunch with you. Yeah, that's one of the perks of working for a company that offers free food. I can have a guest over, so Michelle will occasionally join me for lunch. But then it's back to work for both of us. Yep. if I have time, I'll work on new recipe development. The majority of my recipe testing is done in the afternoon and evening, but I usually don't get uninterrupted time to work on recipes these days because I have to pick up the kids from school and then shuttle them to after-school activities. We try not to overschedule our kids because we want them to have tons of free time, but also because, frankly, you don't have that much bandwidth. Yeah, and I don't think it's healthy to have frazzled kids and frazzled parents. But you still have to go pick the kids up right in the middle of your workday. Yeah, the boys go to the same school, but Lilo gets out of school 45 minutes before Big O does. So I spend some time with the other parents who are in the same boat waiting for their kids to race out of their classrooms when the bell rings. How was school today? Good. What did you bring home? What is this? What are we bringing home? Okay. sunflower, a bean, and a pumpkin. So is this your social time? Yes. At school, the kids have something called walking club, where the teachers encourage the students to walk in circles around the school at lunchtime. That sounds so fun. You know, they love it. They get (laughs) these little charms that they put on this necklace after they've done like so many laps. It is ingenious. If I were a teacher, I'd totally be all over that. Be like, hey, kids, I'll give you a charm if you just walk in circles all of lunchtime. Well, it gets them moving, I guess. (laughs) Anyways, the parents of Pickup have appropriated the walking club name and changed it to Talking Club. So I'm a card-carrying member of the Talking Club. (laughs) Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. It's a nice group of people. Let's do it again. Woohoo! Now that I work by myself, it's kind of nice to interact with adults during the day, during this kind of 45-minute period. How was your day at school? Good. Okay, you want to play? So what does Ollie do while you're participating in Talking Club? He goofs off with his friends, and when Owen gets out of school, we walk home. Okay, you guys, put away your stuff. Okay, put away your lunches. Oh, you want some kombucha? Oh, can I have a small cup, like a very small cup? Okay. Once we're home, I fix them a snack, and then they do their homework and play while I get back to work in the kitchen. During the week, they were not allowed any screen time, so no iPads, no TV, no computers or video games until Friday at 5 p.m. Meanwhile, I'm busy in the kitchen. The great thing about testing and developing recipes in the afternoon and evening is that it doubles as food prep for dinner. During the week, I'm not usually taking photos of what I'm cooking. Which is totally different from how we used to blog, because for a few years, you were taking photos during every step of the cooking process every single night. And every evening when I'd come home and after the kids were asleep, we'd sit on the couch together. I'd help you edit your photos while you wrote a daily blog post. Yeah, it's crazy to think that we posted every night for years. And this is <laughs> when I work nights, too. 
We don't do that anymore, thankfully. I think if we continued, we'd probably be dead. These days, I don't photograph the food as I'm making it. If I'm developing a new recipe, I'll diligently write down my steps on my laptop, which is right there in the kitchen. But time is of the essence. The goal is to get food on the dinner table so the kids can eat and go to bed, and the blog is secondary. I might take a shot of my dinner plate for Instagram just to remind myself that I'm a food blogger. That you are. But we don't usually take the camera out. And when I say the camera, like the DSLR, aka fancy camera, out to photograph food until the weekend. Henry is the primary photographer in the house, and he doesn't get home until after dark and when the lighting is terrible and everyone's starving. So it's better that I just work on perfecting the recipe during the week, and then when it's ready... We make it on the weekend, and you can take your time with the photographs. Yeah, I know that you won't have me take photos until you've had an opportunity to test and retest the recipes and tweak them over and over again until you're truly happy with them. That's because if something doesn't work, I hear about it, and I hear about it right away. From your readers? Yep, in the comments. It's upsetting when I hear that a recipe doesn't work. (laughs) So I work really hard to make sure that my recipes work, they're not rushed, and they actually come out the way I say they will. So I'm all about testing and retesting recipes until they're right. Yeah, sometimes that means over the process of iterating and reiterating, we end up eating slightly different versions of the same dish. Like carrot cardamom soup from our cookbook. Oh, yeah. I must have made that one every night for a week straight with little tweaks here and there because I couldn't figure out the right balance of flavors. I think the kids and I, our skin was turning orange from the keratinosis. But it's all worth it, right? (laughs) I guess so. Uh, You know, what's funny is you call me a perfectionist, but I think you're the perfectionist. No, only in the kitchen and only when it comes to food. Otherwise, I'm a total slob in every other aspect of my life. So at the end of the day, I try to get home from the office in time for dinner, but it doesn't always happen. Yeah, the kids and I try to wait till at least 7 o'clock to start eating. But if you're not here by 7, we start we start eating. I like to make it home in time to at least catch up on a little bit of dinner time conversation, though. Yeah, I mean, you come home and I will be done and Owen will be done eating. But Ollie is normally slowly chewing, and you come home and you will finish before he's done. (laughs) Well, unless you're making crackling chicken and broccoli, which are Ollie's favorite foods in the world, he'll take forever to eat. Yeah, he's got to be the slowest eater ever. Which is odd because neither of us are like that. I don't know. I think it's just his way of just showing he's in control. Everybody's already done. Your dad's already done the dishes. See? Anyway, by the time he's done with dinner and the dishes are cleared, it's definitely time for the kids to hit the sack. We have a pretty strict bedtime, and so they brush their teeth and floss their teeth, and then if they don't dawdle, they'll get a bedtime story. Lately, they've been demanding that you tell them a funny story. And by funny, they just mean gross. It's not really about witty or smart storytelling. In fact, I don't even have to make up a story. They just want me to open up one of their books and then replace certain words in those books with words like poo or pee or fart. Hey, whatever makes them go to bed. When clouds form a ring and it circles the moon, sailors know this ring means there's a storm coming soon. make it funny. It's hilarious. No, it isn't. Why aren't you laughing? Because it's not funny. This is an uproariously funny book about weather. No, it's not funny at all. You need to make it.
read funny. That's what books are meant for. No, books are meant for reading. No, they're meant for reading and to make funny. You make it funny, okay? I can't. It's too hard. I'm horrible at laughing. At laughing? You're horrible at laughing? No, I'm horrible at being, being like a comedian. <laughs> This little boy's holding a big pine cone. This little boy's pine cone now looks like a poo. (laughs) You mean like that? You wanted me to make it funny like that? Yeah. But that makes no sense. (laughs) It doesn't even rhyme. You need to look at the pictures to understand. Here's a picture of pine cones. I said it looked like he was holding a piece of poo. Just like when Owen was holding it, smelling it. I'm Have like, you ever had a poo come out of your butt that looks like a pine cone? Yeah. Never. Oh, actually, I have. Sometimes when it's been dry, it can get like kind of hard and bumpy. No, I have. I have. And then it's hard to get out. Oh, yeah, interesting. It's like when you, it's like, it's like what it happens. It rips open your no, butt. No, it happens because... Like, yeah, if you have to go, uh-huh. and then you have to run out, and you don't have to have to go, and then you just hold it. Yeah. Then it just starts, the water starts getting reabsorbed in your body, then you start forming harder and harder poops. Okay. You see, poops keep changing, but one thing we know, poops make life exciting wherever you go. After the kids are in bed, I'll pop open my work laptop and finish whatever I still need to finish. For those of you who are new to our story, Henry's a lawyer. He works as the head of employment law for a social media company based here in Silicon Valley. So he's usually glued to his laptop or phone, doing his lawyer thing like a crazy person. That's not entirely true, because at a certain point every night, I'll put away my work laptop and then I'll fire up my Nom Nom Paleo laptop. Yes. You have to make time for your other job. And my wife, slash boss. Yes. I <laughs> crack the whip. Watcha! So my other job is to help Michelle with the behind-the-scenes operations of Nom Nom Paleo. I do a lot of the stuff that's kind of invisible, like editing uh, and photography, illustration, web design, layouts, that kind of thing. And then I also help out with the publisher, the app developer, and then I do some legal and financial stuff. Yeah, you make all of the stuff that people love about Nom Nom Paleo, like the pretty pictures and comics and the graphics. Plus, you're a pretty good lawyer. (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) But I think that we need a new finance person because the two of us are too money stupid to be doing this ourselves. Yeah, you're right. At some point soon, you're going to have to bring on someone to help out on Nom Nom Paleo. Maybe our kids. It's not child labor for their family, right? (laughs) Anyway, we spend the last few hours of the day cleaning up the kitchen and working on our computers. Michelle puts on her amber goggles and starts writing Nom Nom Paleo posts and working on recipes. Want to say something about your magical goggles and why you wear them, Michelle? I don't know that they're magical. It could all be placebo. They look magical. (laughs) Yeah, they're awesome. (laughs) So I wear these super cheap amber colored goggles to block out the blue light that emanates from all the screens we use and from the lights in our house. The blue light suppresses melatonin production and melatonin is important to induce sleep. And by that, I mean high quality sleep. Yeah, recently you even switched out the light bulbs in our room with orange party bulbs. You know, the kind that you get at Halloween time to make your entire house glow Halloween orange. 
Yeah, I was so excited when I discovered that on Amazon. I was like, oh, we can change our light bulbs to orange. That way I can read in bed without putting on my goggles. I read in bed because electronics are banned from our bedroom. Yeah, but the orange lights make our bedroom look like a high school photo lab or maybe an opium den in a James Bond movie. That is totally the vibe I was going for. Yeah, I thought so. No, in actuality, our room is like a cozy cave that emanates a warm orange glow. (laughs) Even in the daytime, because we have a blackout window insert that we keep in all the time. I'm sure cavemen really liked orange party bulbs, too. I think so. If they found one, they would use them. Anyway, one of my Nom Nom Paleo duties these days is working on the podcast that you're listening to. And I know you know this, Michelle, but this podcast is a ton of work. I know, and you're getting it before 20, three times a week. So that means you don't get very much sleep. I should probably go to bed. Okay. Good night, everybody. Tomorrow morning, we'll start this thing all over again. Told you we were boring. So that's it for this week. This podcast was recorded and produced at Nom Nom Paleo World Headquarters, also known as the dining room in our house, located in the heart of Silicon Valley, 50 feet from Jeremy Lin's parents' house. The Nom Nom Paleo theme song is by Mark Bartels, with additional music by Big O and Politaire. This podcast is supported by Thrive Market, our favorite online destination for wholesome products at wholesale prices. Pay one low membership price and you can shop from over 3,000 healthy, natural products, always 25 to 50% off retail, delivered straight to your door. Right now, if you go to nomnompaleo.com slash thrive, you'll get two months free membership at Thrive Market and an additional 20% off your first order. And in case you're wondering, unless stated otherwise, none of the brands or products mentioned sponsor this podcast. We just talk about the stuff we love. If you like this podcast, we have two favors to ask. First, you can visit us at nomnompaleo.com for show notes, and you can also find hundreds of step-by-step recipes, kitchen tips, snarky writing, and more. We also have an iPad app and a cookbook. More information at nomnompaleo.com. And last but not least, don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. It helps us to get a sense as to what you like. Quick note, to make sure Henry doesn't die, we're going to take a week off from making podcasts. So you won't hear one next week, but in two weeks. Thank you. You're welcome.